Welcome to the first Intuition Podcast. On this show, we talk gratitude, how and why we should be thankful for the things in our professional and personal lives. This was the last live session recording of 2021, but you can register for future sessions in the new year. I'll put a link in the show notes. Well, good evening, everybody, and good evening, Dave. Welcome to another episode of the First Intuition Podcast. How is your week going? My week's been good, Ben. I, I, I'm very, very busy. This is the, the last week before I'm going to be taking a break for Christmas. So I am desperately trying to get everything finished so I can I can leave um, on Friday knowing that there isn't any anything on my to-do list. Um, I actually had a little bit of fortune um, today because um, my diary was looking absolutely fully booked out from tomorrow from start to finish, but uh, I've actually had a a cancellation in my diary, which means I've got a lot more free time, so I'm not going to be quite as rushed as I was, so I am super, super happy that that that's happened, Um, and very much looking forward to taking a break with family over Christmas, Um, looking forward to, to having two weeks of just being able to enjoy spending time with them um really looking forward to cooking a nice christmas dinner playing games you know all those things that you and i always talk about you know that we're looking forward to looking forward to getting all those things done how about you ben fantastic week from me so we are delivering some skill sessions for apprentices this week i had the joy and pleasure of delivering one on monday for our level seven apprentices this is the final skill session they do before they go off to sit their endpoint assessment, professional development. It was a fantastic day. They're back on Friday for day two, where they will be doing presentations to me and a select group of other members from our senior management team. A bit like Dragon's Den, they were given three potential business investment propositions and they've had to appraise them. And we will see which of the three they have picked. And I'm really looking forward to seeing them do their presentations on Friday. Two of my best days of the year when I'm asked to deliver those sessions because they're great. They're right at the end of the apprentice's journey. And it is fantastic, particularly for me, two things. One, it is a mix of ACCA, ICAW and SEMA apprentices. And I really like it that it's a mixed group. And a number of these apprentices, I will have taught all the way up from potentially level two, certainly level three and level four, now culminating in them being ready to sit their endpoint assessment for level seven. So that makes me extremely proud as well. So a fantastic week for me. I was teaching a, a skills workshop as well on Monday. I, I was doing the, um, the skills workshop on risk. Um, which I always love because it gives me an opportunity to say how awful auditing is. Um, <laughs> because we, we talk about, uh, the first thing I look at is I, I look at a listed company's set of financial statements and I say, right, you remember, you remember your audit report? And they all say, yeah, I remember the audit report. And, and you know, how much, you know, what, what, what's the important bit of the audit report? And they'll say, oh, it's, it's the, the opinion that they give. So it's like you've got a paragraph or so that's really, really important. And then I show them a real set of accounts and I say, look at the section on risk. And the section on risk is like 10 pages long. And it just kind of shows how from a shareholder perspective, 
you know, what do shareholders really care about when, when they're reading annual reports? That risk element is really, really important to them to understand how the business is operating. Um, and then I have to take to, to unteach them all the things that you tell them in audit, because I want them to think about business risk and where are the business risks? And you guys are teaching them about where are all the audit risks. And if you're running a business, I don't care too much about the audit risks. I care about the business risks. So it turns everything on its head. And we did have a couple of guys that unfortunately did sit the audit exam last week that then came in with their audit heads on and um, and kind of like were a little bit kind of in two minds. It's like, I can't write that because I couldn't write it last week. It's like, well, today you can. So really good fun. I love those days. I spend lots of my time in audit classes trying to drill into them the fact that you have to bring everything back to the financial statements because that's what we are auditing and that is an audit risk. We do cover a bit of business risk and I always think that's more, I talk about the Sir Alan test, the things that Sir Alan Sugar would fire you on the apprentice for are going to be business risks mm-hmm. because if we're being honest, he will say, I've got accountants that worry about what goes into the financial statements. I care about running out of stock or running out of time or not having any customers. So I, I, I like the blend of business risk and audit risk. But please, anyone listening to this that's doing an audit exam, always link it back to the financial statements. Where in the accounts does that risk manifest itself with an error, something that's not recorded or missing? But if you're, if you're running a business then <laughs> focus on the Sir Alan test. So um, it's, yeah, I, I, I was, I, I was like those, those, those kind of days because you really do focus on, on that whole element of running a business and managing a business and it kind of brings that commercial side of things to life, which I think it, 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 when you're studying some of the individual units, like some of my costing units or tax units, you kind of get very blinkered into a certain thing and don't really see the big picture of what's going on in a business. And they are very much collaborative days, aren't they? Where we get groups of students together working on a project. I I like the collaboration we see in those classes. I sometimes feel the exams, as much as you might be with a cohort of other students, you are effectively on your own on the day of that exam and you need to do it for yourself where we really see groups of, of apprentices working together on those skills days. Yeah, yeah. So we we exchanged some text messages earlier this week. What can we do for the final live podcast session of 2021? I can't quite believe we've made it to the final session of this year. And you came up with the idea of celebrating giving thanks. Dave, what what was your initial thought process for this as a topic this evening? Well, I I have to give complete credit to to my my better half um, because... Uh, you you sent through the message and, and I read it and thought and kind of like thought was thinking out loud about various different topics that we could do and Kelly just kind of shouted at me why don't you do one on, on gratitude and on being grateful because it's something that she uh, I think she's been kind of reading a lot about and doing some research on it's something that she's been, been trying to make an effort to do more of herself and something that I think she's been trying to kind of you know impart her pearls of wisdom on other people so it, it was you know one of the questions like yeah yeah I think we should um because it is something that I think at this time of year we tend to see a little bit of so I think we tend to see quite a, quite a bit of it this, at this time of year and it's something that I do think is really important when, when I first saw it come through I thought Dave has finally gone all American I know you've got a passion for American football and American sports 
And I thought we were going to be devoting it to a, a Thanksgiving special. But it did get me thinking that I've got lots of American friends and they celebrate Thanksgiving every year. We've literally just had it towards the end of November. I did a bit of Googling and it's not just an Americanism. There are festivals for giving thanks all over the world. There is a festival coming up in India called Pongal. We have our more traditional harvest festival, which effectively comes from giving thanks for another year of harvest and all the stuff that we've got to be thankful for. Dave, what's your initial thought on the importance of giving thanks? Well, I, 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 I'll come back to some of my own personal stories in a minute, but um, I, I did a little bit of research. So I thought, I'm, I'm going to go and say, what's all this stuff that Kelly's been talking about? She's obviously done some kind of you know, research on it. And when you look at, at kind of like, the, the, the benefits of giving thanks for things. And you know, by giving thanks, it's by saying thank you or by, by feeling grateful for something. Uh, and you know, uh, the, the, the kind of, there's a number of studies. And the first one is, if you are thankful for the things that you get, saying thank you to people, it does improve your relationships. People that say thank you, people that are grateful and display gratitude tend to have wider circles of friends tend to have closer relationships so that's that's first of all a nice thing and i i can kind of see that because if someone is thankful a lot you tend to you know feel warmly towards them and as a result you probably want to be near to them if someone is ungrateful says to be well okay i'm not doing you a favor again you know if you don't even care about it so i can i can understand that happening but other studies have shown that in, in business where you have managers that thank their team on a regular basis. Those managers get um, improved levels of motivation from their staff, so their staff are more motivated. They get increased level of productivity from their staff and they get a lower level of staff turnover. So people are less likely to leave their jobs and when they're there, they're gonna be more motivated and they're gonna be more productive. And there was a really nice case study that I saw about a, um, a university in America that got, they got volunteers in to help with fundraising and their job was to get on the phone, to phone up the previous students to see if they wanted to donate funds to the college or to their, to their old university. And they, they split them into two groups. And one group that said, right, this is the job today. You've got to get on the phone. You've got to call these people and you've got to see if they want to make, uh, make gifts to the university. And the other group said, you know, the first thing was, we're so grateful that you've given the time. It's really important. We really value the work they do. So they gave them thanks in that initial um, kind of induction session. And over the course of the time that they were making the calls, the, the group that they are that, that they thanked to start with made 50% more calls than the group that didn't get any thanks at the, at the beginning. And I just looked at that and thought that was amazing. Just by saying that we are really grateful for the work you're doing makes you feel that that work is really valued, makes you feel that you're doing something special, makes you think you're making someone else happy by doing it and you are going to be more motivated. So I, I, I really like that. Another study that I read about was they took groups of people and that they asked them to, to deliberately change their behavior. So they had a group of people that they said, we want you to 
be more thankful. We want you to say thank you every time something happens to you that you can say thankful, that you can say thank you. Because they were, they were asked to be thankful. One group was, uh, I think, I think there was a control group that was just go about your life, do what you normally do. And then someone was just never say thanks. And when they looked at those three groups, by a long, long way, the, the thankful group had increased level of motivation. They were in general happier and less likely to be suffering from things like depression, less likely to be suffering from anxiety. And the one that I found absolutely amazing was they were also more likely to be physically active. So they were doing more activity. They were going out running more or walking more or doing activities, going bike riding or whatever, than the groups that weren't thankful. So that there's a whole wealth of studies out there that say that, you know, by, by changing your, your mindset and your attitude to give thanks more often, there are loads of benefits that you personally can receive. So it's not just about yeah, saying thanks and making someone else feel great. It can also really help you as well. On a personal level, it's something I've really tried to develop in my teaching style. I, When I first started, I don't recall thanking the class for their participation, for their sharing of ideas, for their joining in. It's something I routinely do now, and I really believe it helps cement a relationship between me and the class. It means when we do a follow-up session, I believe they are more engaged, they are more willing to share ideas because they have realised I have acknowledged their contribution at a previous lesson. Is that something you do in class, Dave? Thank the, the students. Yeah, but it's, I kind of think you, the way you say it there is you're almost underselling what you do because it's like I, you're not doing it as, you know, you make it sound a little bit like you're doing it as a tactic and... I don't think you are doing it as a tactic. I think it is because you genuinely enjoy your time in the classroom with those people and you are thanking them for being a part of that class. Because that's that's what I do. You know, it is that if, if my class are, are, are talking to me and they're adding value, I will thank them. I will thank people individually as they come in or they leave the room. I'll thank them for the certain things they'll do. So if someone has really engaged with a certain area, I'll thank them because they joined in with that thing and they really helped it. And I'll explain, I'm thanking you because you brought your experiences in and that really helped the rest of the class to understand. So it's kind of, I, I know exactly what you mean. And yes, I definitely do it. But um, I, don't, I don't think I do it as a tactic. I think I do it because I genuinely am thankful that people do it. And I think that if you're right about the whole awareness of, you know, I'm now aware that these people have really helped me out and they've made the class really special because we also know what happens when, you know, you, you get a class of people and this happens very rarely. It actually happens when I go and speak to school sometimes is where you get students that are disengaged and, and are not adding value to the class. And that, that's really frustrating. And I know the difference between those two things. And so, you know, I always want to give thanks when a class has been particularly nice. I like to look at it from the other side as well. So I'm always blown away when I receive thanks from somebody else. And I see the positive impact it has on my colleagues, my teaching colleagues, our support staff colleagues. When we get students that say thank you, it really does lift everybody's spirits. I love it on our group messenger, Dave, when, when someone will post a nice comment they've received, thanking and saying, pass on my thanks to the wider FI team. It really, really does lift people's spirits. And if you can think about how you feel when you receive thanks, 
surely you would like to replicate that and you've got the power to replicate that many times over in your ability to give thanks to other people. I, I, I agree. I, I, th- I think you, you, when, when you, you feel that power of someone thanking you for something, and I remember my, the, the first, um, when I first started teaching, and the, the very, very first course I ever taught was a, a SEMA management accounting course. So SEMA, it's the equivalent of SEMA P1 now, but it was still called P1 back then, but it was something completely different. And, you know, I, I went into, you know, into my first class absolutely petrified, you know, really worried um, about, you know, had I prepared right, was I going to do it? And I went through and I, I taught the kind of four days of that course, came up and did revision courses, did all those things. And then once the exams had been taken and the exam results came in I, I got I remember getting an email from a, a girl that I taught and you know she she thanked me and she said it's the first time and I think she was from Spain she said it's the first time she'd ever sat an exam in a foreign language and it was down to my teaching and she was so grateful that I was you know I, I was gentle with her and I didn't go too fast and I explained things for her and, and it it absolutely made my day you know left such an impression that you know 16 years later I can still remember it that you know it meant such a lot to me and you're absolutely right when you see other members of your team being thanked and being congratulated you can see the impact it has on them and I think that you know sometimes you can almost see it more on on those people than you can on yourself you know and I know that the power of a, a quite a senior member of staff just to take time to thank someone else can completely change the way that they feel that day. I think it's something that all of us that, you know, if we've got team members that that we're working for, that we've got the power to do that. We've got the power to actually say, thank you for the work you've done. That was a really great piece of work. Or, you know, thank you for getting getting that to me so quickly. Or, you know, thank you for covering something for me. Or thank you for taking that phone call. You know, it, it doesn't need to be something massive. And it has a huge effect on the way that person feels. As we were coming on air, you recounted a, a true story. And my ears pricked up immediately because you mentioned Centre Parks. And it's a place I have had lots of great family holidays. So I was keen as mustard to hear the story. But I don't know if you wanted to just recount where thanks made you change your mindset slightly. Yeah. We at Centre Parks recently. Yeah, it wasn't recently. So it was a few years ago because... Oh, wow. But um, yeah, I, I remember it really, really clearly. So I, I was at Centre Parks with my family and we, we were one of the families that had the, the bike snake. So we had kind of five of us all on various different bikes that we'd hired cycling through Centre Parks, going through the little bike tracks. And in the middle of the bike tracks at Centre Parks, those who have been, they sometimes have these little gates where only one kind of bike can, can fit through at a time. And I remember cycling towards a gate and another family was cycling the other way. And kind of we were getting closer and closer and one of you has to stop and the other family stopped. And we then cycled through the gates and went past them. And I did the British thing that you, that you always do. And I went past and I said, oh, I'm really sorry. And then went on. And as I cycled on, I thought, why did I say sorry? You know, why, why did I apologise? What I should have said there is thank you. You know, the right thing to say there is thank you. 
you know, saying sorry is kind of like, oh, I'm sorry I've done something to you. Saying thank you, saying thank you very much for doing a nice thing to me. Saying thank you would have been the nice thing. And, you know, I guess if, you know, if you think about it from the other side, you've got a group of people there that now have said, someone said sorry to them, and they're going away thinking, oh, yeah, someone was nasty to me. They had to apologise rather than walking away thinking, I just did a really nice thing for another family and they thanked me for it. So the next time it happened and someone pulled over from us and we went through, I made a point of saying thank you. And then afterwards, I felt loads better. And then I did it again. And I, I just made an effort to stop saying sorry and start saying thank you. Because if you're if you're grateful, one, it makes you feel better, but it also makes other people feel better. So I, 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 it was a big shift that happened around that. And I, 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 you know, I still remember it now. So it must have had an impact. Um, and I, I still try and do it now. And it's, it's something that I know that when my kids do it, because my kids will say sorry when what they mean is thank you. And it's trying to get them to recognise they should be grateful rather than they should be apologetic. Because being grateful is much, much better than apologising for something. That's a really interesting mind shift and the power of a, a synergy, really. But saying sorry with the negative connotations, if you say thank you, it turns into a positive for you yeah. because you feel you have acknowledged something in a positive way. And hopefully the person that receives the thanks is also uplifted. So it's a, a two plus two comes to five, isn't it? It's a, a win. Yeah. But, um, you, see it, you see it everywhere. I mean, I'll guarantee when you go into, if you if anyone goes into town, if we're still allowed to go into town over the next few weeks, you're, you're, because it's Christmas and everyone's busy, you'll see someone coming out of like Marks and Spencers and they'll hold the door open for the next person. But that next person is maybe someone that's a little bit less mobile and a bit slower. And they've got bags in their hands and they're stumbling to get through and they're kind of rushed to get through and they apologise for being slow. And... and it, 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 it's what they will say because naturally that's what we do. But you know, the right thing to do is to say thank you, and to say thank you. It's, it, it makes everyone feel a lot better, um, and it's something now that I, I know. And there's a, there's a comment in the in the chat. I'd be interested to find out about where that's from. That if you go to the US, Americans are far better at giving thanks. They're far better at saying thank you than we are. And, and I think someone's just said that. I used to say thank you a lot, but now after living in the UK for 15 years, I say sorry when I really should be saying thank you. Latvia, we can see. So obviously Latvia, very much a positive vibe of saying thank you. And mm. I'm really going to try. I'm really going to try, Dave, take on board what you've just said there and try and say thank you a bit more than apologising for the inconvenience I feel I've caused somebody else. I did a bit of Googling myself as well earlier this afternoon, and I found a really nice quote on gratitude, which I think sums up a lot of the stuff we have talked about. So I'm just going to read it, and then maybe we can pick it apart a bit to see what we feel it is, is saying. So this quote comes from a lady called Melody Beatty. I must confess I'd not come across her until I, I Googled this afternoon, but she is a US author. She's written some self-awareness books. Sarah says she loves her. So um, one of the, 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 the live group this evening um, have heard of Melody Beattie. But, but her quote on gratitude says, gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today and creates a vision for tomorrow. So if we break that down into the three stages, make sense of the past. Something we've talked about a lot on the podcast is reflection. And I guess the first part of sitting down and, and 
giving thanks is to reflect on, well, what have we got to be thankful for? Does that mean you have to go back over previous, whether it's the last year, whether it's the last month? But do you feel gratitude does give initially a sense of reflection? I, I think, yes, I, I think that there's, there's there's an element of giving thanks to things that have happened, giving thanks to the things that have got you to where you are now, which I, I think is something that is quite important. I think sometimes we kind of beat ourselves up a lot over things that have happened in our past, rather than giving thanks to some of those things for forming you in the way that you are and shaping where you are right now. And I could be very, very critical of lots of things that I've done in my life. Okay, but I, I wouldn't be here with my family and my kids if it wasn't for those things. So you kind of have to give thanks to that set of circumstances for occurring. And something you mentioned when we were having our quick off-air catch-up that would help with that reflection on the past was a gratitude journal that you mentioned. That's my, my wife has literally just texted me. She can obviously hear in the room next door and she said, gratitude journal, gratitude diary. And... It's something I don't do, but my wife has been trying to get me to do is to every day come up with three things that you're grateful for, three things that you're thankful for and, and write them down. And, and you know, at the end of a year, you're going to have a thousand things that you've been thankful for over there, a thousand nice things that have happened to you over the course of the year. I've heard people talk about writing them down on a piece of paper and putting them in a jar and then looking at that jar after a period of time and looking at all those things that, that you're giving thanks to. Um, and yeah, it's something that I I haven't ever done, but say my wife is very keen on getting certain. When my wife is keen on something, it means that I normally will be doing it at some point in the future. And I'll probably be thanking her for asking me to do it. I, I would expect a, a thank you journal, maybe in your Christmas stocking. <laughs> The second part of the quote then brings peace for today. I guess my take on that is the, the positive mindset, the, the, the wellness and well-being that giving thanks promotes, going back to your experience at Centre Park. So actually you cycled off with quite a negative feeling in your brain, where yeah. actually if you'd have given thanks there and then, it would have brought you some peace at the end of that day to kind of say, actually, I've acknowledged something that somebody else has done for me in a nice way. Yeah. And, and it, I think you, you, in the present, you look at things that have happened to you and think, well, you know, one, it's at the time where you're thankful, but then it's also what else can I can I or should I be thankful for? Um, and something that, I, that just suddenly struck me is that you, know, you and I are in so many meetings um, and we are going from one meeting to another meeting. And sometimes one meeting overruns are a little bit late. When you come into that late meeting, how many times do you say, sorry, I'm late? Would it be better to say, thank you for waiting for me? You know, th 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 there's two separate things there. And, you know, one of them, instantly you're apologising and people are saying Ben's done something wrong. Or you go in and say, thank you so much for waiting for me. And then we get started and people say, oh, you know, Ben's come in and he's thanked us for doing that. What a nice chat. Wow, powerful. And it's just a psychological mind shift. Yeah, yeah. Final part of the quote about creating a vision for tomorrow and the, the, the positive vibe being driven through. I'm a great believer that if you go to bed at the end of the day in a, a peaceful state, you wake up in the morning much more energized to go and, and drive on and come up with, with good plans. 
I know speaking to colleagues, a lot of people talk about trying to go at the end of the day and almost doing a, a download, resetting yourself to, to pick up tomorrow. And I think the gratitude comes there from that sense of peace, but the positive energy it throws into the future. And a lot of good plans come from thinking, well, if we're thankful for that in the past, let's try and replicate that feeling and, and drive that positivity on. And I guess that's where it can really be magnified. You'll talk about thanking team members. If I feel positive, but we can replicate that amongst the team of 5, 10, 15, 20, 500 people, some people might be managing, that could have such a powerful impact for the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. I like that. And if you, you're right, that whole, you know, how you go to bed is so strongly linked with how you wake up. Um, if, you, if you go to bed stressed, then, you know, I know that you're not going to have a good night's sleep anyway. You'll be waking up and fits and starts throughout the whole night and you're not going to be all rested because that's what's preying on your mind and your subconscious whole way through. If you're going to bed grateful and thankful, then that's the way you're going to go to sleep. And that's what's going to be, you know, running through your brain as you decompress um, overnight and as you sleep. So I, I agree. It, it, it's, it, if you can go to bed with that kind of mindset that you're grateful for those things that have happened. Um, you know, the, the only thing I would you know, just say, Ben, is that is it possible, do you think, just to be grateful every single day? Is it, is it possible that every day there is something you could be happy and grateful for? I'm a great believer that there will always be something. Mm -hmm. I think small things actually can change your mood in quite a big way. Mm -hmm. So I would challenge myself actually to think, I would, I would struggle to think if there was not a single day that goes by that I can't think of something positive, even on the worst days the rays of sunshine that come out through through dark clouds what what about you dave do you think there would always be something positive you could you could turn to at the end of the day i would i would really hope so um and i i, I think you know i think so and i, I think that the, i mean I'm, I'm going back a few months now to, to when when we interviewed Ginny. i think that if you've got a you know, a, a, a clinical depression or, you know, you're suffering from an illness like that. I, I think that, you know, I'm in no way qualified enough to say, oh, just look for something to be thankful for and you'll be all right. That's not that that's not appropriate advice there. But I think that, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're not suffering from an illness like that, I think that, yes, you should be able to. I mean, I just look over over the last couple of years, I've been, I guess, unfortunate enough to have had to go to a number of funerals for people that I'm very, very close to. And I always find that, you know, in those funerals, there, there, are, there are moments of it that are incredibly sad, but there, there are moments when you are you know, with a group of people that knew that person and you all love that person and you share memories of that person and you express how grateful you were to have known them. That's that that's I think where you can get even out of the most darkest dark experience, you can actually you can actually find something to be thankful for. Uh, and you know, I know that's something that when I when um my uh, I was at my stepmom's um funeral uh, last year before last, and I know that was one of the the you know, the things that I, I spoke about at when I gave eulogy was that, you know, we should be grateful that we knew her. We shouldn't be sad that she's gone. And, you know, that's, you know, what, what I believe on those on, on days like that is that, you, you know, you should be grateful for the good things and you shouldn't be, you know, just mourning because someone has left. You should be grateful that you knew them. 
Um, but you know, it, it is difficult. It's really, really difficult sometimes to, to find those things. I think on a on a normal day at work, I think it's you know, someone made me a cup of coffee. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful someone took the time out to make a cup of coffee for me. That is absolutely amazing. Or someone offered to go and pick me up sandwiches from Tesco's. How happy am I that someone was able to do that for me? Um, or, you know, someone opens the door for me. I'm really, really grateful. Someone was, you know, gave an excellent answer in class to a question that I asked and just made the lesson better. I'm really, really grateful. So I should be able to find something, you know, on a normal day. And on those difficult days, I think if you take time to think about it, I think you'll find something you can be grateful for. Really nice reflection and, and thinking broader than just work or mm. study, thanking people that you live with, your friends, your family, thanking complete strangers if they do something nice like holding the door open in Marks and Spencers. All of those things can have a very positive impact on yourself, let alone the people that you are giving the thanks to. As always, I'm just looking down at the clock and we are getting towards the end of this evening's live session. Have you got any final takeaway thoughts, Dave? Uh, my, my own the things that I, I would really leave with is just just try saying thank you more often. Just try being thankful. Um, and even if it is something tiny, even if it is that person holding the door open for you or offering to make you a cup of tea um, or, you know, that person that sent you the email of the report that, that you, you'd asked for and it's a little bit early, thank you them for, for, being, um, for, uh, for doing it at that time. I'm off tomorrow to go and get my COVID booster jab. And I'm going to make a special point of thanking every single person I come across in the, the medical center I'm going to who are giving up their time. Lots of them are volunteers to do it. I think we, we, we think back to our act of thanks for the NHS during the, the midst of the first lockdown when we were out clapping on our doorsteps regularly. Mm -hmm. Potentially we, we've lost a bit of sight of that. So um, today's given me a reminder and I'm going to make damn sure that I thank every single person that I come across from the person at the door to the person that's taking my name to the person that gives me the jab to the person that sees me out so thank you Dave for reminding us today of, <laughs> of, of giving thanks and thank you Ben for being here today for having this conversation and, and as always thank you to the the live studio audience that we've had today on zoom you guys have been great. Lots of nice observations and comments in the chat box. But thank you also to everybody that continues to listen and download to the podcast. Myself and Dave are very grateful for your continued support, your continued listenership. And let's hope that continues well into 2022. We've got some plans for a couple of specials over the, the, the Christmas shutdown. So we're not going to be running any more live sessions this year. But hopefully me and Dave will get together to record a couple of episodes, one or two of which will hopefully look back over everything in 2021 where we've got chance to be thankful again for some of the events and some of the things that we have done in this, what has been a really fantastic year. Yes, thank you very much, Ben. And yeah, thanks for downloading everyone. And we will see you very, very soon. Thank you all very much. <laughs>